Hi, this is Steve, and we're here with our podcast today, Stuff with Steve, here with Taylor, sound engineer, and Kalia, opposite of my desk. Kalia, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Steve? Um, I'm awesome. Thanks for asking. No problem. Yeah, great, great. Hey, I was trying to come up with a clever, lighthearted way to introduce our topic today. I thought maybe there's some <laughs> joke I could tell. Maybe there's some story and then I, I just got kind of couldn't think of one because we want to talk about, well, if I could just say this, we're going to talk about hell today. I mean, how do you introduce hell in a lighthearted way? I don't think you can. I don't think. If you can figure that out, I'd love to know that. Okay. So hell is one of those topics that, uh, quite frankly, no one wants to talk about Yeah. Uh, in a serious way. I'm going to put it that way. And uh, people just want to use it as a curse word, I guess, that, that word. And so the doctrine of hell, the teaching on hell, has kind of fallen in hard times because there's a viewpoint that, well, first off, there's the view that when you die, that's it. Yeah. There's no heaven, no hell. Who sang that song? Do you guys know? You're too young. No. Imagine no heaven. Imagine. Oh, I don't. I have no idea who sang it, but I know the song you're talking about. You know, okay. Yeah. John Lennon. John Lennon. See, of course. So, of course. Of course. Okay, let me back up here. Do you know who John Lennon is? Yes. Well, who is he? He's a guy from the Beatles. Okay. Wow, man. At least I didn't feel too bad. Too old all of a sudden. Wow, okay. So, um, yeah, he's saying it. So the one view is that there's no heaven, there's no hell. Another view is that there is a heaven, but there's no hell. And that when people die, if you're a Christian, you go to heaven. And if you're not a Christian, you just don't exist anymore. Yeah. And then maybe there's another view in there that everybody goes to heaven. We call that universalism. We won't talk about that one today. And then, um, uh, actually, no, I won't. I started going on a rabbit trail. <laughs> going to talk about universalism. <laughs> and um, and there's also the view that, which I'm finding more and more popular, is simply that there is a hell, and people go there for a little while. And then they cease to exist. Mm. So, the, and that's becoming more popular that that I'm aware of. So, I just wanted to define hell. So, I think most people think of hell from books they read, like there's a devil with a pitchfork and a horns. Yeah, yeah, and that that's from um, that one book, Dante's Inferno. Yeah. So, um, and that's not what we're talking about. So, when I'm going to describe hell, I think it's being separated from God. So, I think if we can view it this way, that um, when I'm in the presence of God and in the presence of everything that is good and holy and perfect and righteous, and then hell is being separated from everything that's good, holy, and perfect. So, so I'm being separated uh, from God at that point. A spiritual uh, separation is wh- is what I'm talking about. Mm. There's some words in the Bible that are defined as uh, sometimes get translated hell. One is Sheol. It's a Hebrew word translated. Hell sometimes, it it literally means the grave, so it depends on the context. Mm. And sometimes it's used as a word that means a place for the dead. And then there's the term Gehenna, which is a New Testament word, and sometimes it's translated hell, and sometimes it was referring to a va- uh, small valley outside the city of Jerusalem, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm. And then there's Hades, and actually Jesus uses the word Hades sometimes. Uh, I forgot about this. In... Matthew, when he asked Peter, who did they say that? I mean, they, he says, um, uh, you're the Christ, son of the living God, the Messiah. And he goes, well, 
a Peter upon this rock I build my church, not in the gates of hell, Hades. Hades. Yeah. And so at the time that Jesus says that comment, <clears throat> he's in the backdrop, and I've been to this place. It's called um, Caesarea Philippi in the no- north of the Sea of Galilee, and there's a cave there, and they believe that was the... Uh, the pagan belief, the Greek belief, was that that was the entrance to Hades. Hmm. So that story makes takes on a little bit more significance when you think about the background of that yeah. as well. So I just want to read a couple Bible verses about hell. So here we go. Uh, Matthew 5.22 says, it's on the Sermon on the Mount, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Anyone... Who says to brother, sister, Raka, that's a language, Aramaic word, uh, or that means you fool will be in danger of hell fire, Hmm. fire of hell. So Jesus utters that word there. And then later on, seven verses down, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for you to, than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Hmm. And then in Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. But cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Yeah. I'll, I'll just read one more and I'll quit for a little bit. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. Oh, yikes. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than have two eyes and be thrown to the fire of mm. hell. So, um, so there we go. <laughs> So it seems like hell is a real place, and we'll read the sheep and the goats and the lake of fire in the book of Revelation. It seems like it's a real, it's a real place. Now, some people would say that that uh, this word hell, Gehenna, that Jesus used, is referring to the garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. You've heard that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that in the first century, there was a landfill, to put it in modern terms, right outside uh, in the valley, and and the and it just had a they dumped their garbage there and it was a smoldering fire all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think I've come to learn that view is totally wrong. And I used to hold that view, so wow. I changed my mind because no one ever wrote about Gehenna being a place of a garbage dump until 1280, okay, twelve a thousand years after the time of Jesus by a European guy named Kimmy, hmm. and who knows where he heard it a thousand <laughs> years later. I mean, is he making it up? Did he just kind of make and And I read a little bit of the context. Sounds like it's more allegorical than literal. And so yeah. people have gravitated onto that, I think, inaccurately hmm. to say. And in fact, it wouldn't make any sense if I read some of these verses and I said, uh, <clears throat> If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, and throw it away, it's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown on a garbage dump. Mm. And all of a sudden, you translate garbage dump for hell. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't quite fit. The, yeah. the contrast is is not there. And so, I just find that really interesting. Mm. So, so it seems like hell is a place that's separation from God. It's a place of punishment. So we have this image of fire. And by the way, not every time. In the New Testament, where it says fire, is, does that mean hellfire? Okay. And someday I'll do a podcast on that. Because uh, there are other places where it clearly does not mean hell. But in these places, it says hellfire, fire of hell. And it's described as darkness, mm-hmm. which me, to me means separation from God. It's yeah. God's light. And that um, seems to be everlasting, never ending. Okay. 
Yeah. I did find one interesting thing. I don't think in the Gospel of John he ever mentions the word hell. Hmm. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but he has other terminology that kind of points in that in that direction. So I just want to read a, one of the rubs that people pick up on is, um, is this, is hell everlasting and is that really just for a loving God to do? Mm. There's tension there, right? Because, yeah. Because it makes us feel like, I don't know, it just doesn't, I don't like the word fair in life, but it seems like, hey, that's not quite fair. But yeah. Um, so, it, so I do think this is an everlasting, um, eternal punishment. It's not for a time, for a period of time, and then your soul's annihilated. It's called the annihilation view. So let me give you one example. In Matthew twenty five forty six, Matthew twenty five is about separate separation of the sheep from the goats, mm-hmm. and at the very end of that uh, story, Jesus is telling. Uh, it says in verse 46, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Mm-hmm. So it seems pretty clear that eternal punishment and eternal life are being contrasted. And we don't have temporary life. We have eternal life eternal. forever unending. Yeah. So it seems like this separation from God is uh, also eternal. Is also eternal. That's, and I, and I think that makes some, some uh, sense to me. Now then, in some people gravitate towards some words here, and I wrote them down. The word eternal is, uh, well, it's the word ionos, and then punishment is colossus. And sometimes people say the word for punishment means to be pruned, like you're being purged mm-hmm. of something. But when I read these verses and try to translate it with the idea of purging, it makes no sense. Yeah. And then I looked it up in about every English translation I have on my software, and no one translates the word colossus with the word anything to do with uh, uh, with a pruning or something like that. It's clearly translated punishment every time. Interesting. So I feel like those who say that, that hell is kind of like this uh, temporary limbo and then you go away and cease to exist, want to read into that. They're hoping it's that way. Yeah. And so they want to translate that, that verse, but it, it, that word as, as purging or uh, pruning or discipline, maybe discipline is a better word. And then this term everlasting, it's, it's, you know, it seems to be everlasting and it doesn't (laughs) seem to be temporary. I don't know (laughs) what what to say about that. Oh no. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Matthew twenty five forty one says that uh, then he will say to those on his left, still the sheep and the goats, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So it seems like like this lake, this eternal fire, which goes back to Revelation chapter twenty one, is uh, you know that's an eternal thing for the. Uh, demons and so forth hmm. so uh, it seems like it's it seems like it's eternal to me I just can't quite get my arms around why we wouldn't think it would be yeah. some early ch- church theologians speculated that maybe it wasn't eternal but I don't think the biblical evidence would point to that okay. conclusion as well okay so if we come to some conclusion that hell is real and hell is not the place I want to go, and then 
and it's eternal, then we might have some objections to that, right? It seems like, hey, you are speeding, and you're going to go to jail for all your life. Yeah. Does that mean? Yeah. Does, that, does it feel that way to you, Kalia? Um, not to me. Okay. <laughs> not to me, but I can see how it feels that way to a lot of people, especially if they haven't committed some grave, what they would consider some grave sin, right? Like yeah. if, if you've spent your life feeding the homeless and loving your family, then you might not understand why hell is a place for someone who's practiced good deeds their mm-hmm. entire life. Yeah. Hey, that's a great way to say it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think one of the reasons is is um, because I think justice demands that we don't have an idea of how holy God is and righteous and perfect. And when we sin, we sin against God, ultimately, Yeah, is what. And so I think it makes a mockery also of the cross of Christ who died for sin because uh, if I can make it to heaven on my own, then I didn't need... I didn't need I didn't need the cross. Yeah. I do find it interesting that a lot of people how can I say this? Uh, most people think they're going to heaven and they think <laughs> most people aren't. <laughs> I don't want to like ninety yeah. percent of people think they're gonna go to heaven, but they only think about fifty percent of everybody else is going to heaven and they're all gonna go to somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, as well. So Uh, One of the notes I have here that I wrote myself, hell is necessary because love demands it. God loves us so much and is so eager for us to love him that he allows us the freedom not to love him back. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so it just seems like, um, you know, we we don't have our concept around that. I went on and wrote myself, God is often compared to loving fathers. A father myself, I cannot imagine condemning my kids no matter... Uh, what they did to reject me, I'd be devastated if they reject me. I would not send them to hell. What would you do then? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're an earthly parent and your child desires nothing to do with you and leaves home for the East Coast yeah, or wherever, you know, what are your options? Yeah. You send them love and money? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, uh, the only thing you do is kidnap him and force him to live with you. Yeah. So they're choose- people are choosing and yeah. making that that choice one theologian put it this way those who do not wish to love god must be allowed not to love him mm-hmm. those who do not want to be with god must allow be allowed to be separated from him yeah and then uh peter kraft goes on he's a apologist he goes on to say why would a good god send people to hell he goes is that he doesn't mm-hmm. but he will let people go there if they so choose yeah yeah instead so uh, hell is not some eternal torture chamber, but it's simply a place where people uh, who choose not to love God and love him back uh, would spend eternity yeah. as well. Anyway, that's some thoughts on hell. Ask, do you have any questions, Clea, or thoughts? Yeah, um, I heard someone once say that if you don't love God, you're not going to love heaven. And <laughs> so I don't think people realize that you can't separate heaven from God. God mm-hmm. is holy and heaven is going to be a place where people enjoy God and enjoy mm-hmm. his holiness. And so taking the emphasis off of God is making you do something and putting it back on action. It's your choice to love God or to not love God. And if you don't love God, then why would you want to go to heaven? Right. <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm trying to see if I have wrote anything else down in my notes about hell, which I uh, 
probably did not. Let me see here. No, I did not. And that's enough of talking about hell for today. It's a little shorter podcast, but whoosh, it was hot in my office just now. <laughs> H-E double hockey stick. That's right. You know, people, I heard a pastor once say, I never want to move to Arizona to be a pastor because you can't scare people about hell. <laughs> Okay. That's good. <laughs> hey, this is Steve, and that was some stuff today. Grace and peace be with you, and heaven help us all. <laughs>